Amen. Go ahead and uh, open up your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Second Corinthians chapter 6. I'm not going to be preaching long tonight. Um, I know I can normally preach a little long. Uh, my youth group knows that. Uh, but I'm not going to be preaching very long. i got uh, three, three quick points. Um, and uh, I, I want to preach, preach a little bit tonight on three of the most dangerous words that we can say. And uh, as our Christian life, as, as Christians, we know that we serve the Lord, and that's our, our, our duty in life, and our, and, our, um, and our joy in life is to serve the Lord and to give Him glory through our lives. And, uh, but so many times, there's a lot of procrastination in our life because we think that we have plenty of time. But time is one of the, it's one of the greatest resources the most expensive resource that we have that we'll never, ever get back. And um, but the three most dangerous words that we can say is, I've got time. I've got time. And uh, we believe that we have all the time in the world, but you're losing it every second. Every second that goes by, you've lost time. And as time goes by, opportunities go by. Opportunities that you will never get back. And the key word uh, in our text that we're going to look at is, look at tonight is going to be now. Um, now. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And uh, I want to preach on tonight is I've got time. The excuse that many Christians, many people in the world, everybody has the excuse, well, I can do it later. I've got time. And those, are so, those, are, those words are very dangerous. Because we see what's going on in Israel, we see what's going on right now, and the danger that they are in, we realize the perilous times that we are in, and we are running out of time, we need to be busy right now. Tonight is now. Not tomorrow, not uh, next week, it's now. Now is the accepted time. So I want to preach on tonight, I've got time. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for what a great God that we get to serve. Not have to serve, but we get to. And uh, Lord, so many times people look at Christianity as, as, and, and religion as a, as a chore. But Lord, we get to serve you. Lord, when we're truly honest with ourselves about who we are and how many times we fail you and mess up, it's very humbling to realize that you, you would be willing to use us for anything. But Lord, uh, the devil so many times tried to put in our minds and make us, and try to convince us that we can't do anything. And, but Lord, uh, I just pray you'd help us to push those, push those things out of our minds so that we can focus on the eternal instead of the temporary and realize, Lord, we don't have much time. 
and we need to get busy now for you. Lord, I pray that you'd help me tonight to preach uh, with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to preach under your direction, not my own. Lord, this isn't my message. This isn't my thoughts or my ideas. But Lord, this is what you would have for your people tonight, right now. And Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so many, uh, many times we want to wait and, put, and listen. I am a procrastinator. You talk to my wife, I put off things, and I put off things. And it's not good. And just being honest, like it's, it's funny to talk about, but in reality, it's not a good thing. Because what you put into pre- the things that you put into practice, the things that you put that you allow to slip in your life, it just piles up. Um, you ask anyone it's, uh, who's ever seen those old shows about Ma and Pa Kettle, what, is, what does Pa Kettle say? i got to fix that one of these days. And you know what? The list just piles up and piles up and piles up, and then the whole, the whole house is falling apart, and, and the barn is falling apart, the vehicles don't run, and you know what happens when you keep delaying? Everything starts to fall apart and nothing gets done. You know, as uh, if you're, if I'm, I'm not going to assume in here that everybody is saved. As a preacher, and uh, as a preacher and man of God, I'm, I, I should not and I will not assume that everybody is saved. And I will preach salvation when I get up in this pulpit, even if it's just a little bit. Because now is the time of salvation. Now is the accepted time. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you need to do that tonight. You truly do not know if you will make it home tonight. Now, you say, oh, people always say that, and I always do. Yeah, well, maybe not tonight. You, there is no guarantee. Uh, you could go to hell tonight. And I want to encourage you, as someone maybe who has been coming to church their whole life, and maybe you're just afraid to step out because people think I'm saved. People believe I'm saved. I've been coming to church and I'm a good person. I've been doing a lot of things, but I'm just too embarrassed to, to, to admit that I'm not saved. Well, first of all, salvation is between you and God alone. All right? It doesn't matter if everybody else knows or not. I don't even care if you get saved tonight and you decide not to tell me or tell anybody else. I, the most important thing is that you get that settled between you and the Lord and you get saved. Because you are running out of time. The fact that you're still here coming to this building and hearing the man of God preach salvation unto you is God's mercy upon you. It is God's mercy. Uh, Yes, God's grace is extended to anybody who wants to get saved. But the fact that you've made it back here before you died and spent eternity in hell is mercy. That's mercy. You're getting to hear the gospel at least one more time. Don't reject it. The Bible says for all have sinned to come short of the glory of God. You fall short of the glory of God regardless if you've grown up in church your whole life and you've had a fairly clean life. If you're not saved, if you've never been born again, if you can't remember a time when you got saved, you need to do that. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. Listen, it's not worth going to hell for anyone because of your pride. Because of being embarrassed that someone thinks that I'm a good person or, or someone, someone thinks that I'm saved, it is not worth going to hell for that. The devil will try to convince you that it is. And your pride is not worth going to hell for.
you need to get saved. You need to accept that payment that Jesus Christ. Listen, Jesus Christ died on the cross for every single person in here. And not only did he, he didn't just die on the cross. No matter what any other religion has, they can't claim that their God died for them. But their God didn't just, our God didn't just die for us. He rose again the third day according to scripture. He didn't just die. He was God in the flesh and he rose again from the dead. He conquered death. He conquered sin. And he did it so that you could have an opportunity to sit in this building tonight and hear someone tell you about it and get saved. Don't let your pride keep you from getting saved. Don't let your pride take you, take you to hell. You need Jesus Christ and you need him tonight. Now is the accepted time. Right here, right now, tonight. If you have to get down in your pew right now and get saved and say, Lord, I really don't remember a specific time. Lord, I know I've been going to church and I know what it means to be saved. I, I've heard it a million times. I know what it means to be saved, but I can't remember when I've done that. Make tonight that memory. Make tonight that memory. Don't go to hell for anyone. Time ends out. When, when time ends, it's out. When your time is done, it's over. And listen, eternity is eternity. Once you slip off, there is no going back. There is no saying, God, well, God, I thought I had more time. There's never enough time. You're losing it. You're, you're losing all the time right now if you are waiting to get saved. But I know that we're dealing with the majority of the people in here are saved. But guess what? It's time. Now is the time. If you're saved in here, well, congratulations, you got the first part done. You, you, you made a wise decision in getting saved. But now is the time to serve God. Now is the time to serve God. Uh, maybe you've been waiting for the right time and say, well, I love the Lord and I go to church and, and I witness a little bit here and there and, and, I, and I'm a good person and, and I, I don't, I'm not ashamed of God. I'm not ashamed of certain things, but I really, haven't, I really haven't sold out for the Lord. I've been waiting for the right time to sell out. Maybe, you know, when I'm financially secure and I feel a lot better about this situation and, and maybe when my kids are all grown and they're out of the house and then I can really dedicate myself and, and really go and sell out. No, you need to sell out right now. You're not going to have that time, that perfect moment when it's going to be the right time to sell out and give God your all. There is no perfect time. No, I'm, I'm sorry, that's wrong. It's right now. Now is the perfect time. Now is the time to serve the Lord. Let's turn over to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. I love uh, preaching this verse on, on the street corner <clears throat> because it really gets people to think. James chapter 4. Look at verse 14. James chapter 4, verse 14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You know, I will never forget the illustration when Sam Gipp came here and preached, and I believe he, he preached it in the old building, <clears throat> and he preached and he said, what is your life? And he said, your life is this piece of paper right here. Not this side of the paper, it's this side of the paper. In the light of all eternity, this is your life. And there goes eternity as far as, the, as, as far, 
west as you could possibly go and as far east as you could possibly go. That's eternity. And this is what you get to do on this earth. A tiny, tiny, thin piece of paper. And you know what? That probably is too much justice. That's the amount of time that you get to choose to do something for God while you're in this flesh. I'm working on a message. I want to preach a message about Christian grit, about having the grit and the character to say no to temptation uh, and, and say no to the things that you're supposed to be saying no to, saying yes to the Lord, saying yes to the Holy Spirit, even when you don't feel like it, when you don't want to do it, get some true grit, get some good character and just do it anyways because it's the right thing to do. Stop getting tired and getting beat down, giving into your temptation. And I told this, this to my wife the other day. I'm like, when that temptation comes on, it's coming on strong. I don't even care if you're alone. I don't care if you're in public. Just make a scene and just say, temptation, I'm going to kick you in the teeth, say no to that temptation, and do what's right and make the right choice. And just get some grit and say, no, I'm not going to give into that temptation. It doesn't please my Savior. Yes, I'm going to give a track to this person, even though I'm scared of them. They may look funny. They may say something I don't like. You know what? I'm still going to do it anyways. And get some grit and do what you're supposed to do, even when you don't feel like it and you don't want to. That's the Christian life. You're not going to be comfortable talking to everybody about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just a fact. But you're commanded to do it. We just need to gird ourselves up like men... And do it. Here is, here today, gone tomorrow, right? That's the saying. Here today, gone tomorrow. That is so true. Your life is a vapor. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Our life is a vapor. You see it. You see a pot of steam boiling on the on the stove. And you see the vapors coming up from that steam. And vapors start coming up. You know what's funny, though? As, as long as that water's been boiling, it's, it's funny how with that, when the water's boiling, all that steam is constantly percolating, coming up in the air. But as soon as you turn off that burner, it's weird how that water settles and you don't see steam. You may see a little tiny bit here and there, but that steam is gone. It's gone just like that. That is your life. That vapor is gone just like that and your life is over. You have a small amount of time to give God glory Stop living for yourself. Stop giving into self and give it to the Lord. It's time to serve the Lord. Turn over to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. <clears throat> Mark chapter 8. And I get it. It's a lot easier said than done. But we need to do it. We really need to just stop giving it lip service and, and walk it and do it. Stop living for yourself. Mark chapter 8, <clears throat> verse 36. For what shall a profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose, lose his own soul? Now, I get it that you cannot lose your salvation. We know that. We can't lose our salvation. But I'm telling you right now, you can easily get yourself lost in this world when you keep living for yourself and not for him. 
You get, you get blinded by all the different things that are coming out in this world, all the different attractions, all the different things that look okay on the surface. It doesn't look like evil on the surface, but at the end of the day, guess what it's doing? It's stealing time. It's stealing your time that instead of giving God glory with that limited amount of time that you have, this thing isn't evil, this thing isn't bad, but guess what? It just stole your time. Time that you could have given to God, time that you could be doing something for him and giving him glory and, 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 and saying, God, I did this for you. Guess what? No, no. Guess what? That video game, that movie, that, that show, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, Polo, TikTok, whatever it is, you're wasting your time on. Guess what? It's gone. You're never getting it back. It's never coming back. And you, and you just said, well, it's not evil. It's not bad on the surface. I'm, I, I, I can do good on that. But guess what? It just wasted your time. And it's gone that you're never going to get back. It's going to burn up. There's no profit in it. What shall it profit a man if he should gain all those things, gain the whole world and lose his own soul? <laughs> Tell you what, you may not be losing your soul, but you're losing a lot more. You're losing a lot of time. It's all going to burn up. Anytime, listen, anytime you have, you need to give it to God. Don't be too busy for God. Listen, I'm, I, I am guilty of just saying, Lord, tell, talking to my wife, talking to my friends. There's so many things that like, man, we're so busy. When is, when is it going to slow down? Oh, the springtime. Oh, it's so busy. Oh, the summertime. It's so busy. Oh, even going into the fall. Well, things are starting to slow down, right? No, we're busy in the fall. And guess what? You know what? During wintertime, we're busy still. Look, when's it going to slow down? But in all honesty, we don't have enough time to slow down. We slow down. What are the things that you're slowing down from? Majority of the times, as a Christian, the things that you think are keeping you too busy are things like, oh, well, the church has too many ministries. There's too many things going on with the church. I'm spending too much time with the church. Why are we at church all the time? And that's the thing that you decide to cut out. Oh, our life is too busy. And that's, you're going to start cutting out things from church so that you can have more time with family. More time here. More time there. Well, let's cut out a church service here. We don't have to be at church every week. We got to make sure that, you know, we need to make sure that family is first. You know, well, time's running out. Make time to do something. Make time to do something for God, and it doesn't have to be in the schedule. <laughs> Let God interrupt your schedule every once in a while. I get it. We got lots of stuff that we got to do. Let God interrupt your schedule when he's got something for you. So many times God wants to be you a blessing. Sometimes you, you pray for a soul. Say, Lord, I haven't witnessed to somebody in a long time. Lord, I, I pray for an open door. I haven't been able to lead someone to the Lord in a long time. And Lord, I want to be a blessing to someone. And Lord, will open up an opportunity. And you're like, ooh, not that person. Ooh, not right now, Lord. I'm, I'm on a tight schedule. I got to be here. And then I got to pick up this person. I got to be here and I got to do that. And you know what happens? Your schedule gets too busy for God to be a blessing to you. And so many times, God gives you an opportunity to give him glory, but it's also an opportunity for him to bless you. But we're too busy. Give God your time. Give him your time. Give him your time. Make sure that you're spending that time in prayer. Giving him time that in the Bible. Giving him time in church. Give him time in your music and singing and witnessing and work and school. Listen, 
You want to spend time with your family. You want to have, make sure that you have a lot of good quality family time. You know what that means? It means incorporate your family into spiritual things. You want, you want to spend time with your family? Bring your family street preaching. You want to spend time with Bring your family uh, uh, on Wednesday nights, Fridays, wherever it is. You want to be a, a family person, a family-oriented person? Guess what? Involve your family in spiritual things. You can serve God together as a family. If you think that, look, well, uh, my kid and kids kind of get in the way or they might get a little too tired. You know, they got a bedtime schedule. They got a bedtime uh, that they got a, a schedule they need to stick with or they get a little crazy. Well, guess what? For one week, let's let them be a little bit crazy so that they can hear the gospel more, hear, see people worshiping God, giving him glory. And guess what? You want some family time? Incorporate them into the spiritual uh, family of God and let him and give glory to God with your family. You don't have to cut out family time. Just incorporate spiritual time with your family. Lastly, now is the time to serve others. We, you know, now is the time to serve God, but now is the time to serve others. Turn over to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. You know, God knew exactly what he was doing when he created the church. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. You know, I can't preach too hard on this because I see a lot of people in our church that serve each other. When there is someone that has a need, someone, all someone has to do is call up a phone, send a text, and people are there. But I'm telling you right now, there are, so, there are some of you who just don't have the time to help someone out. Oh, I would, brother. I'd love to help you out. I'd love to do this for you, but... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm too busy, or it's just, you know, you don't feel like doing it. And like I mentioned before, there are so many opportunities where you can be a blessing and serve others, and yet you won't make time for it. Whether it's physical, there are plenty of physical needs out there. There are people who are physically unable to do something, or maybe they are physically capable of doing something, but they need some help so they don't do it themselves and get hurt. You want to keep people able to physically being able to help and do things longer? Jump in and help them pick up something heavy. All right? I don't want... I, there are guys in this church that do a lot of work, and they do a lot of work on their own and end up getting hurt. But if you can lift a hand to help, you need to do it. We need to work together in the physical things. There's work around the houses that people need taken care of, work around the church. Uh, there, there is lots of work that can be done. And the church is not there just for us spiritually and emotionally, but we're here for each other physically as well. We need to be, make sure that we are willing to serve others, willing to set time aside 
to help others. That, that's the biggest thing. Oh, I, I don't have the time. I would, brother, but I don't have the time. Make some time. Make some, especially when it's not convenient for you. Listen, I'm not saying that you should be doing it just for a blessing. I'm not, that's I'm, I'm not saying you should do it just to, to receive a blessing. Do it when it's most inconvenient for you so that you can be a blessing. Don't think about yourself all the time. Listen, when people need help, it's not going to happen when it's convenient for you. It's just not. You just need to drop what you're doing and say, hey, you know what? I got other things I need to do, but I'm going to help this person out so I can be a blessing to them. Help others grow. Uh, they're, they're, now is the time to serve others, not just physically, but to help them spiritually, help them grow. Keep each other accountable. I hope you are praying for each other, not just on Wednesday nights. We need to be praying for our pastors. We need to be praying for each other, praying for our deacons, praying for the, for the safety of this church building. With all the stuff that's going around, we need to be making sure that we are here for each other spiritually in prayer. We need to be here for each other Helping each other what? To resist temptation. We're here to help each other, encourage each other, get together with each other even more as you see the days approaching, right? Why? To help you resist temptation. To resist the temptation of not just fleshly things, but the temptation of getting out of church. The temptation of, I don't know if all this work and all this time and all this labor I've been putting in is worth it. That's a temptation. Is this worth it? Getting, maybe you want, you're thinking about getting out of church. That's a temptation. But we're here to, what? Come together to encourage each other, to help each other grow spiritual, to hold each other accountable. And listen, guys, if you're, if you're listen, we need to humble ourselves, humble ourselves and accept help. Accept that people, if they're saying something, and they're trying to help you spiritually and say, hey, you better be careful. Hey, I haven't seen you here. Hey, what's going on? Don't immediately get offended and just say, hey, there's someone who's taking their time out to reach out to me to see how I'm doing. Why? Because they care for your soul. They care for you. Let's not immediately go to the negative and think, well, how dare they assume that I'm not right with God? How about you just say, hey, I don't, I'm sorry if I'm giving off this vibe. Maybe you're having a bad day. It doesn't matter what it is. Let's just humble ourselves and say, you know what? This person is caring enough to see how I'm doing. Holding each other accountable. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 27. Proverbs chapter 27. We're almost done. Proverbs chapter 27. Verse 6. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6. It says, <clears throat> Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, sometimes we just read over that verse and we know that verse and we see that verse in the Bible. But how many times do you truly look at someone who is trying to help you and you take it critically and you take it in pride instead of them being faithful? 
and I get it. Some people can be lifted up in pride, and some people do have their nose to stick up. I'm, I'm not talking about the one person who is always saying, well, look at me, I'm righteous, and I'm going to judge you for what you're doing all the time. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about someone who's just out of the blue sending you a text or maybe calling you or just when they see you on the street or they see you somewhere <coughs> and just say, hey, I missed you last Sunday. Don't get offended about that. They just noticed that you weren't there. Hey, you weren't there. Is everything okay? And if everything is great, you know what? They're going to be happy for you. That everything is great. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Not hurt. Not, they're not there to lift themselves up in pride. I hope not. Most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's because they genuinely care about how you are doing. But they're being faithful being accountable, trying to help you get past some temptation in this life. Turn over to Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. We'll turn here and we'll be done. Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. Look at verses 1 and 2. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Consider thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Notice that it says, <clears throat> ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness. That's important. A person who considers themselves a spiritual person is probably not. It says in the spirit of meekness. What does that mean? You're not going around thinking, okay, well, I'm a spiritual leader. I'm a spiritual person, so I need to go about and, and lift people up. Guess what? No, you're, you're going to be a problem. I'm talking about somebody who said, hey, who doesn't look good today? Who who?" Who looks like they're down today? How can I be a blessing to them? I'm going to make sure that I shake their hand, make sure that they see that I see that they're here, try to lift them up, try to help them, try to make them feel better. In a spirit of meekness of you trying to be a help, bearing each other's burdens, how can I be a help to you? How can I pick you up today? That is, the, that is what our goal should be, is to be able to not just help people physically, not just help people spiritually, but also emotionally. And a lot of times, a lot of times that spiritual realm and the emotional realm come together, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes the, those, those emotions will carry you for a certain amount of time, but if it's not directed by spiritual things, guess what? Emotions change. You may feel bad tonight. Maybe you didn't feel like coming to church tonight, all right? and you're like, man, I really didn't want to go, but I came anyways, and praise the Lord for that. And you know what? I bet you're, you're going to go home and you're going to feel differently than when you came. You're going to feel different. Like, you know what? I didn't want to go tonight, but I'm glad I decided to go. And you know what happens? Your emotion changed from before you came here to when you left. Your emotions change all the time. That's why you need to be constantly in the book, constantly in prayer, constantly seeking the Lord on spiritual matters. Because why? Because those things matter and those things last. That's why we're here as a church. We're to help each other, to serve others, physically, spiritually, and even emotionally. Excuses will not work in the judgment. They just won't. 
we need to make sure that we are getting to work right now. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time to serve God. And now is the time to serve others. So let's go the rest of this week, even the next week, and let's remember our goal is why we're here to give God glory and to help each other out in doing that. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much, uh, Lord, that you're able to use us. You're willing to uh, use someone like me, someone like us, to give you glory through our lives. Lord, help us to, <clears throat> Lord, to remember there's very little time left. And help us to take advantage of the time that we do have to give you all the glory that you so righteously deserve and, and are worth giving glory to, Lord. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, tonight to ponder on these things. Lord, help us to meditate on these things and, and then go forward doing those things. Lord, I love you. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.